0: Hello. Do I look pale to you?
1: You look a little tired to me.
0: Are my lips blue?
1: No. Are they supposed to be?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a bit unsettled today. I think writing up this adaptation for my grim fairy tale um, caused me to have a nightmare last night.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yeah. In my dream, my deceased parents, who, by the way, looked fabulous. Oh, that's good. Yeah. We're eating at this Mexican restaurant. Um that I used to go to as a kid in Colorado called Casa Bonita.
1: Oh, yeah. South Park is the many episodes about Casa Bonita.
0: (laughs) I'm getting deja vu. Like, I've talked about this restaurant before in the podcast, but anyhow, it's built to look like this gigantic cave and there's there's these cliff divers. They jump off this 50-foot ledge into a pond below.
1: Super cool. Yeah.
0: So, anyway... Cartman liked it. I know know. that. (laughs) Anyway, in my dream... I was happily eating my bean and cheese enchilada and this cliff diver who's ready to jump looks like this actor Eric Estrada, remember him? Yeah. He winks at me and does this beautiful swan dive with a twist at the end into the pool below, but he doesn't surface. (laughs) And everyone starts getting really worried. Then he finally pops back up looking like this resurrected angel. So everyone's just enthusiastically clapping and cheering and then he gets up out of the pool, walks over to me and gives me one of those cheap plastic glow-in-the-dark necklaces, you know, <laughs> they come in that yellow, green, pink. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. You wear skating. <laughs> yeah. And so I put it on, but suddenly my parents think I've disappeared, and everyone's searching for me, oh. perhaps thinking I slipped into the pond. Invisibility club. Yeah, but okay. no, no. I look down at myself, and I have turned into a freaking hat stand. <laughs> An inanimate object, Holly. This is a great dream. Yeah, and it's it gets worse. And so I'm looking down at myself, and I'm like, holy shit. And then the ceiling opens up. The sky turns this really dark red churning thing, like wow. Stranger Things. And yeah. people are dumping now their scars and coats and hat on me. And they <laughs> actually think I'm this hat stand, and I'm starting to smother. And like I'm like, nightmare. smothering, I can't breathe. And then finally I wake up well what do you think that means because you're the dream interpreter i know i'm doomed holly if you ever dream of a stranger who wants to give you a glowing object, do not take it. And definitely don't put the damn thing on. You're doomed. The only thing I think you can do is have a friend sprinkle you with holy water or tequila. But yeah, not a good <laughs> feeling. So
1: So tequila will protect you from the demons. Tequila,
0: I think would. I could see that. Um, yeah. so I'm a little tired, but without any further ado, oh my God. I I present to you
1: <sighs> my
0: grim fairy tale, The Ye- Devil with the three golden hairs and by the way i can hardly wait um i've i've given you the part of the evil king and the devil holly that makes sense yes (laughs) i knew you'd love that i
1: do thank you
0: once upon a time in a land far away there was a poor couple who gave birth to a son with a call on its head this word in Latin means helmet head and is part of the birth membrane, which sticks to the baby during delivery and is very rare. Yeah, only, only one in 80,000 births will have this. And so in many cultures, this is an omen of good fortune. Oftentimes, the call will be removed by gently rubbing a piece of parchment, which has been peeled away. If removed too quickly, the call can leave wounds on the infant's flesh and leave permanent scarring. The call parchment would then be presented to the mother to be kept as an heirloom or lucky talisman. Those who believed in its powers said it would give the ability to bring fertility mm. and protection against any evil particularly cliff divers. No, I'm sorry, witches and sorcerers. (laughs) It was also sold for a high price to sailors as they believed it prevented death by drowning. But not all babies born with this feature are considered lucky. In old Romanian folklore, it was believed these babies become the strigoi after their death. Nice pronunciation. Thank you. Bram Stoker's Dracula was based on much folklore of these Strigoi creatures and became what we now call vampires. Really? Well, that's very interesting. Yeah. Oh. The couple knew that their little boy was special, and a prophecy was declared that he would have great fortune of wealth, protection, and marry a king's daughter when he was 14. Later versions of the story have updated his age, thankfully, to 19. <laughs> Still much too young, in my opinion, but this is how it was in those days. The king would often disguise himself as a citizen and walk about the town in order to hear of any secret plots against him. One day, he was taking a walk disguised as a wealthy merchant and heard all the exciting chatter of the townspeople exclaiming a new baby was born.
1: What is so special about this boy that everyone is gathered at the home of this poor couple, said the king.
0: One villager exclaimed that the prophecy has destined this boy to be marked for marriage to the princess and have great fortune, wisdom and success in all of his endeavors. The king, being a highly controlling, arrogant and jealous man, was not going to allow a poor, lowly boy to marry his only daughter. Great idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, he devised an evil plan. <laughs>
1: Congratulations on your beautiful baby boy. Look at that dark hair and his bright blue eyes. I hear he is destined for great things. And I assure you, if you give the boy to me, he will receive the very best education and care from private tutors. He will also be granted swimming, fencing, summer camps, and piano lessons. I know you barely have money to feed yourselves, so I will ensure that he will be protected.
0: The couple, looking down at their smiling boy, declined the man's offer as they could not bear the thought of parting with him. However, after hearing that they would also be offered bags of gold, they finally agreed on giving the man their only son. After all, if he is fortunes favored, perhaps this is the path he was destined to live. The king, who had a very evil heart, wanted the boy dead but refused to have blood directly on his hands. So he put the baby in a little box and drove away from the village to the river, where at the deepest part he dumped the box into the water. I'm pretty sure this wasn't the
1: Bible, Carol. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did I plagiarize? I'm it may, sorry. baby, it's not a Grimm story after all. Right, riding back to the castle, the king. <laughs> Riding back to the castle, the king was relieved that his daughter would never have to marry someone based on a stupid conspiracy of his stupid people. If only he could educate them that prophecies were made up by their ancestors to give hope in something brighter than their pathetic lives and high gas prices. (laughs) The best hope, though, is safeguarding against real threats of famine, war, and mother nature. Meanwhile, back at the river, the box did not sink, but floated serenely down the river several miles out of the king's kingdom. Yes, it did. And f- <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Okay, sorry. I'm, I know you already know this story. <laughs> and no, they didn't name the boy Noah. Or, I'm sorry, Moses. Moses. Noah, Noah
1: was different. I think it was Moses that it was escaped Mo- via the, the eaves of the whatever, the box. Moses. The basket. It was a basket. The Moses basket of something and they put them in
0: that right thrushes or something something it's been a while since they weave the basket <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. all right meanwhile back at the river the box did not sink but floated serenely down the river several miles out of the king's kingdom and finally came to rest in front of the miller's shop which had a small dam blocking the water from traveling further downstream It just happened that the Miller's apprentice was outside vaping on his 10 minute break (laughs) and saw the box jammed up along the dam. Thinking he found his missing Amazon package, he jumped into the river to retrieve the heavy box. Inside though was a tiny baby, perfectly sleeping like a little angel. Knowing the Miller and his wife were trying to conceive and desperately wanted a family, he decided to give the baby to the desperate couple. They were overjoyed and took it as a sign from God that this baby boy was a gift to be raised by them. So many years passed and the wife homeschooled the boy teaching him etiquette Good afternoon. and proper morals. Great job. The boy became excellent at many skills. He could identify every plant and bird in the neighborhood and make a delicious risotto. Ooh. Yeah. It was clear to them he was destined for greatness. One day, the king happened to be caught in a horrible storm, and when the tornado clouds appeared, he sought shelter, coincidentally, at the miller's home. Seeing the boy, he commented on who they thought he most resembled, as the boy was striking with black hair and blue eyes. Why, dear king, your majesty, we took him in as a young baby and raised him as our own. You must be very proud, said the king, Realizing their baby was the same fortune's favorite he threw into the river many years ago.
1: Once the storm is over, I will be heading along on my journey, but I know the Queen may fear that I have encountered trouble in this storm. Would you be willing to have your son deliver a letter from me to the Queen, ensuring to her that I am well looked after and will return to her in 30 days time? I would be happy to give you two gold coins for the trouble.
0: The couple would not deny the king anything and agreed that if he required service of their son, he would surely be available for the task. The king then sat down to secretly write his letter in which he instructed the queen to give an order to kill the boy who delivers the letter and bury the body before he returns. The letter was then sealed and the boy set out into the forest for the journey to the castle. The forest was thick and paths were overgrown. Soon he lost his way and the sun quickly descended, leaving him in a hopeless place of darkness. So thick were the trees, the lad could barely see 10 feet ahead of him and it was getting cold. There was only the occasional howl of the wolves and a hoot of a lonely owl Mm -hmm. that reminded him he was not all alone. Stepping forward one foot at a time, He made his way deeper and deeper into the forest, hoping to get his bearings eventually as time slowly passed. But time passed very, very slowly, and he soon started to imagine all kinds of things watching him, waiting for the right moment to pounce. Before he could completely break down into a panic, he thought he saw a brief twinkle in the distance. Was it a flashlight he was seeing? Should he call out for help? No, Just a few feet further, he could see the outline of a little cottage. Okay, not exactly a quaint cottage, more like a run-down shack, but at least it was a shelter, and so with his last strength, made his way to the door and knocked. There was no answer. So the boy went in and saw a lady in a rocking chair sound asleep by a warm fire. She was startled by his heavy feet coming into the room and asked him, Who are you, and what purpose do you have for coming here i apologize said the boy my name is martin and i am fortunes favored the king has entrusted me with a letter to be delivered to his queen but i lost my way in the forest i am hoping to spend the night here if i may please and continue on my way when the sun is up
1: well said the lady whoever gave you the name martin certainly didn't do you any favors besides it is very unfortunate for you that this is a robbers hideout luck is not on your side my boys will be back soon and when they find you depending on how drunk they are they will probably kill you
0: the boy was so tired and drained he just shrugged his shoulders and said fine I'll take my chances in here versus out there freezing in the forest i will meet my fate whatever it will be tonight just as long as i can rest and he found a bench in the kitchen and stretched himself out on it soon falling fast asleep a few hours later the robbers came home and angrily asked their mother why the stranger was sleeping in their home the lady replied
1: he is just an innocent lad who lost his way in the forest and I took him in because he was so cold and tired. He said he was employed by the king who wanted him to deliver this letter to the queen.
0: The robbers tore open the letter and when they read the death sentence commanded by the king, they suddenly felt quite sorry for Martin. The eldest brother tore up the letter saying, I hate that fucking king. We would not have to steal to live if he cared at all about his people's suffering. He then wrote a new letter to be delivered in place of the old one, which said the boy was to be immediately wed to the king's daughter. In the morning, they showed Martin the right path out of the forest and wished him luck on his journey. The queen immediately liked Martin and after reading the letter from the king, commanded a huge wedding feast and celebration to be held for her daughter to be married. The king's daughter found Martin to be agreeable, smart, kind, and handsome. She did not care that he was homeschooled or had no sense of fashion. It was clear to her he came from a poor family, but the daughter was relieved her dad was not making her marry some old creepy dude. She was content to live with him, so she agreed to marry Fortune's favorite. Days passed and more days passed. Soon the king returned to the palace and saw the prophecy was fulfilled. That low-life lad had married his daughter.
1: Why did this happen when my letter gave explicit
0: orders, none of which could possibly lead to this absurd marriage? Accused the king. The queen gave him the letter showing his instructions, and he confronted the lad asking, What did you do with the original letter I gave you to deliver? I have no idea. It must have gotten switched when I fell asleep in the forest on my long journey. The king was furious and told Martin that things would be very hard for him because it's not fair that he should get his daughter in this act of trickery and deceit.
1: You will need to go to hell, Martin, literally, and fetch three golden hairs from the head of the devil in order to keep
0: my daughter. But your majesty, you've given me an impossible task. Does the devil even exist? And if he does... How do I find him unless I'm already dead traveling into the underworld? So, you
1: are going to give up so easily then. Ha, good. I will tell my daughter you have
0: left her to travel the world since marriage does not agree with you. Hold on, said the boy. I did not say I would not try. The devil is nothing to be afraid of, and it is my destiny to be with your amazing daughter. I love her already in these short days of knowing her. He said goodbye and made his way out of the castle, and soon came to a large city where the watchman at the gate asked him for his ID, and what sort of employment he sought in the city. I am not here for employment or residence. I would like to travel through and offer my wisdom for allowing me to pass, as I am fortunes favored and anything you ask of me, I can be more of a resource to you than your best libraries. Then, you can help us solve a problem we're having. Our city fountain used to overflow with wine, but it stopped and won't even provide us with water. I'd move away. No more wine in the No fountain? more wine flowing? That's, that's absurd. Just wait until my journey home and I will provide you with the answer. And as he passed through a couple days later, the lad came again to another city where the gate's guards questioned him, asking what his purpose was and if he had any money to invest in their city. I am fortunes favored and I have much knowledge to invest, which is more valuable than gold. The guard then agreed saying, well then perhaps you can tell us why our beautiful tree in the center of our town no longer bears golden apples. This spring there were barely any leaves growing. Just wait until my journey back home and I will tell you the answer. And after he passed through the town, he shortly came to a wide river where the only way across was by boat. A ferryman, dressed in black robes, put his hand up, halting the boy, and asked, Why do you seek crossing the river, and what can you offer for passage? I am fortune's favored, sir, and I know everything. Is that so? Well, you can do me a favor, then, and tell me why I am bound to ferry people across this river without any vacation time or relief from my job. The ferryman peered out from beneath his hood, piercing the boy with his inky black eyes as he waited for an answer, licking his dry, parched lips and clicking his bony hands against the side of his boat. I understand your frustration. Just wait until I return and you will have the answer to your question, O Ferryman. So the ferryman grunted and slowly rowed Martin over to the other side of the riverbank. Martin could easily see the entrance to hell up ahead of him. The sky was purple and stormy, with bats flying out of the rocky cave. He could swear there were drums, deep and ominous, calling for him to come closer. There's smell of Mexican food also. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Martin could feel his heart beating faster and tried to remain calm as he quietly entered the devil's home. Standing in the sooty front room of an enormous castle carved out of the stone cave, he could find no sign of the devil. An attractive blonde with ruby-red lips and a full bosom was smiling at him from the top of the rafters. Before he could announce himself, she swung down from up above with large green dragon wings that glowed in the dingy light. Hello there. You've missed him. He's out. But let me introduce myself. I am Nelda, his grandmother. Surprised by her beauty, the boy stood silent. What is it that you are seeking, seeing that you are looking alive and well? She did not seem scary to him, but he could not trust her after all. She was related to the devil, that old serpent. I am Martin, fortunes favored, and I seek three golden hairs from the head of your grandson, the devil, or else I won't be able to keep my wife, who I love more than my own life. Ah yes, true love, the greatest quest for the greatest price. Nelda picks up a framed picture showing Martin her son. The devil was quite handsome, dressed in a black tux with a sparkling red bow tie and smiling wide in the picture. You know my grandson has never found true love, and if he knows that you are happily married, he will chop off your head for it. He feels angry that true love is not yet his, even with all his power and attractive looks. He also has a 12-foot impressive wingspan, but is quite vain and his golden hair does not fall out easily. It is a lot that you ask, and I feel sorry for you because you will die if he finds you." Nelda then started to pace the floor, thinking and clicking her tongue. As she debated her choices silently in her head. If I kill the boy now before the devil returns, I can make it quick and painless, a much better choice than my grandson's usual choice of extreme torture and gruesome killing but the smell will be very potent, and I will be surely found out. If I help him hide, perhaps he can escape here and live his life in peace. At last, Nelda spoke. Let me see if I can help you, and she flicked her wrist while speaking into an odd bowl that looked a lot like a skull filled with sparkling green crystals. Oity-toity, stuck uppity-doo, down goes your ego under my shoe. Pity itty bitty boo hoo. You antsy pansy shrink this too. And Martin saw a flash of green sparkles and heard a loud pop in his ears. Oh my, I hope that didn't hurt you too much. Now that you are a tiny little ant, I'll hide you in my dress pocket, but be sure to stay very quiet and listen to everything my grandson tells me when he returns. All right, thanks, I guess. Shocked by his sudden transformation into an ant and noticing his strange motivation to dig up dirt, Martin almost forgot. Oh, wait, I didn't finish with everything I need. I'm hoping you can tell me the answers to three questions I also have to solve. Nelda hissed and forced her wings down on her back. Pray do tell lad before I lose my patience with you and change my mind. Uh, Number one, why has a fountain that used to flow with wine now stand dried up and does not even have water anymore? Number two, why has a tree that used to produce yummy golden apples no longer bear fruit or leaves? And number three, why does the ferryman have to work so hard rowing people back and forth without ever getting a break? Those are difficult questions to answer, dear, said the grandmother. But behave yourself and listen to everything the devil and I discussed tonight on his return. Just as the full moon started to rise in the sky, the devil returned. But he was agitated and restless, sniffing the air and asking,
2: What is that smell in the air, grandmother? I smell the flesh and blood of a special young man here. Something is not right.
0: And he went exploring every nook and cranny, looking for the source of the distinct smell. The grandmother quickly scolded him, saying he always thinks he smells flesh when he's hungry. Look, I need you to stop messing up the palace after I worked so hard today, sweeping and tidying up. Sit down, grandson, and eat your dinner. Afterwards, the devil became very tired as Nelda was clever and dumped a bit of sleeping potion into his supper. As he lay his head in her lap to rest, she gently combed his golden hair, saying she would pick out any lice that might be nesting there. Isn't that sweet? So nice of her. A few minutes later, after hearing his soft snoring, she quickly yanked out a long golden strand of his hair. But this woke up the devil, who was very sensitive and protective of his golden curls. Ouch! What what did you just do to me? Nothing, dear. It, It was just a bad dream. I must have jerked awake and accidentally pulled your hair.
2: Whoa! What did you dream about?
0: I dreamed I was at that place, with the beautiful fountain in the middle of town. The one that used to gush with wine. Well, in my dream, it was all dried up including any water it once had. Why do you think that happened?
2: Oh, if ah, they only knew. A large toad sits underneath a stone in the bottom of the fountain. Once they kill the toad, the fountain will be full of wine and water again.
0: Soon after, the devil dozed off once more. His snoring was so loud, the cave began to rattle, and the crystal walls shook. The grandmother quickly yanked out a second golden strand of hair, hoping he would not wake. But he bolted up out of her lap and grabbed her wrist,
2: saying, Hey, you hurt me. Why did you pull my hair?
0: It was an accident. I'm so sorry. I must have done it in my dream. And she shook her head, pretending to be very troubled.
2: Well, what did you dream this time?
0: I dreamed of a delicious apple tree in the kingdom. That used to bear famous golden apples, but it doesn't even grow any leaves in the springtime.
2: Oh, yes, I know of that tree, and it is because a mouse is gnawing on the roots. If someone can capture it and kill that mouse, the tree will start bearing the apples once more. However, they better do it quickly because the tree will soon wither away and die. Now, I am really terribly exhausted for some reason and need my sleep. So please, grandmother, do not wake me again, or I'll have to punch your eyes out and make you fly up onto the rooftop to live with the bats.
0: Calm down, you evil one. I will be still, for I, too, am very sleepy. Several minutes later, when she knew he was back asleep, Nelda reached over to his head and tore out one last golden hair. The devil immediately leapt to his feet and grabbed his grandmother by the throat, screaming his fury, ready to punish her for waking him. But he suddenly realized she was terrified of him. He released her from his stranglehold and she caught her breath saying, Dear grandson, what control do I have over nightmares? It's not my fault. The devil was too curious about his grandmother's behavior, so he asked.
2: It must have been a truly horrible dream for you. Please tell me what it was about this time.
0: It was a very strange dream, indeed. The ferryman who crosses that big river by our home was pleading for me to help him rest. He kept pointing his long finger in my face and glaring at me from underneath his long black coat, as if I could be the one to help him. He was shaking with anger, saying that nobody allows him to have a holiday, or even a short vacation. I was so glad I woke up. It was very stressful. I was worried he might demand me to fly him away somewhere, or hack my wings off.
2: Well, the ferryman is a fool. Surely he knows that if the oar is just placed in another person's hands, who needs to get across the river, he will be free forever, and the person who takes the oar will be the new ferryman. Anyhow, I'm glad for his sake it is just a dream, because I would drown him myself in the river if he ever actually pointed his finger at you.
0: Oh, such noble words for you, devil, after you almost strangled me. The devil waved her away, and the grandmother flew to her room, leaving her grandson in peace, since she had accomplished everything she needed to help Martin. When she awoke the next morning, the devil had already left to stalk the earth, looking for greedy souls ready to make a bargain. The grandmother changed back the ant into fortune's favored human form and said, there are your three golden hairs and surely you heard the answers to all your questions. Oh yes, very clever of you. I'm so grateful for your help, Martin said. Goodbye, and he made his way back to the river approaching the ferryman. He greeted him and told him he was ready to make good on his promise, but first needed a ride across the river. After they reached the other side, he gave him the devil's advice. When someone comes to ask you for a ride across the river, just put the oar in their hands and you will finally be free from your work. He then traveled on to the guard at the gate, who was expecting his return and answer. Martin told him that if they could find the mouse under the tree that was gnawing at the roots and kill it, the tree would once again sprout leaves and bear delicious golden apples. The guard thanked him, and as a gift gave him two donkeys strapped with bags of gold. Fortunes favored then came to the city where the fountain had run dry and told the watchman everything the devil had said. If you want the fountain to flow again with wine, you must kill the toad that sits under the rock in the bottom of the fountain. The watchman was very grateful and gave Martin two more donkeys and bags of gold. He finally returned back to the castle, and his wife rejoiced at Martin's return. Listening to his adventure, impressed with his great fortune and success, the king also was amazed by his story and said,
1: I am happy to say you have earned the right now to be my daughter's husband. It seems you were indeed fortunes favored. You fought the devil and won his prized hair. But tell me, how did you get all this gold too?
0: I picked up as much as I could carry on the ground. There is a river beyond two cities far away. Once you cross the river on the other side, just one mile further... The ground is covered in gold instead of sand. It is free to anyone who can make the long journey and can make friends with the ferryman. Thank you, son. I will set out immediately to find this gold myself. And the king left that very next morning. And once he came to the ferryman, he greeted him with a friendly hello. Hello, ferryman. Can I get a ride across the river to the other side? Indeed, I can row you across. But once we get to the other side, if you could help me knock down a wasp nest that has been pestering me, I would so appreciate it. The king, who was very excited and greedy for the gold, promised he would be happy to help. Once they reached the other side, the ferryman handed the king his oar and pointed to a nest up in a tall tree. The king tried to knock it down, but after a few attempts was unable to reach it, even with the long oar. As he turned around to hand it back and apologize, the ferryman had run away and was nowhere to be seen. It is said that to this day, the king is compelled to ferry people across the river as punishment for his plotting against fortunes favored. Martin and his wife lived happily ever after until one day they gave birth to a special baby boy born with a call on its head, just like his father. A prophecy was soon announced that this boy would have great power, wealth, control people with just a command, and seduce women with his voice. One day the little boy was left outside to play in the castle garden. As he climbed up a tree he saw storm clouds gathering in the sky and flying high above him a handsome dark creature with golden locks and great wings. The old serpent, the devil, was coming for him. A lightning bolt crashed to earth as he swooped down and carried the little boy up into the sky. A voice from the devil rang out.
2: Hello, Fortune's favored. I am happy to let you know that you will not die. Your fortune has now made you into a creature of the night. From the bolt of a thousand lights, you will forever hunt humans for blood, seducing them with your power, and as a... Going. You will have eternal life! My grandmother tricked me years ago, but I recognized the same smell that was in my cave. It is so fortunate for us all that you are now the devil's favorite. The
0: end. The end! La cucaracha, <laughs> la cucaracha. <laughs> na, 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 I'm Mexican craving food. Mexican food. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yay, good story. That was fun. That yeah, was a good thanks. one. I like how he tricked the king there. That was pretty good.
0: It was. I, I thought it was a clever story. It is a clever story. One of my story. favorite grims. It's a good grim. I like it a lot. Well, everyone, thank you, and we'll talk to you next time. Toodaloo. Once upon a time, in a land far away, there was a poor up... Uh, uh, look at me. If only he could educate them that prophecies were made up by their ancestors, the couple would not deny. The couple... As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted.
1: Hey guys be sure to follow us on instagram our handle is at fireside phantoms if you have a spooky story you would like to share with us send it to fireside at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode